Jason Manford. Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. Good morning, it's the Jason Manford Show on Absolute Radio. Hope you're very well this Sunday morning. Uh, I'm here from uh, live from Stockport. Um, well, not live, actually. I pre-recorded it. I'm an absolute liar. Um, but uh, Steve Edge, who is, he's been all over the place, hasn't he, recently, uh, filming uh, the Madame Blanc Mysteries for Channel 5 over in Gozo. And uh, due to his schedule this week, uh, he wasn't able to uh, duck out for even a couple of hours to do the show. Uh, so thankfully, stepping in is the brilliant Angela Barnes. Morning, Angela. Good morning, Jason. How Here I am, alarmingly available on a Sunday morning. <laughs> good to be here. We're all good. We're all good. Well, look, it's <laughs> lovely to have you. You are. I mean, you are super busy, though, aren't you? You're busy old... Uh, person yeah. as well you're doing lots of different uh you, you've got the radio stuff for yourself you've got the you, your tour you, you're all yeah. over the place as well i am i'm on tour at the minute so um i'm glad we got that in early thanks oh, and um yes but if i know people at five past eight on a sunday they're thinking <laughs> do you know what i want to book tickets for something in the evening <laughs> perfect well then There's they can go to my website and they can do exactly that <laughs> well i really appreciate you uh joining in uh where are you this morning then are you at home or i'm in sunny brighton at home yeah oh, so yeah, we're sort of opposite know, ends you? of the country this morning i know i know yeah. I, it's uh well i'm up here in, in stockport it is a miserable day Ooh. i've been out this morning already a uh, bit of school run action um obviously we pre-record this in the week so on a thursday i don't know what day it is and then um and then i've been playing paddle tennis this morning been out to play a game of paddle what is this i keep i'm an f1 fan and f1 drivers are going crazy oh, for paddle i know what is well, it i don't even know what it is, is it like it's ping people pong? it's people who are it's so it's people in high octane jobs you know f1 right. football <laughs> Sunday morning on the radio, like you know those guys at those guys at the top level. They're really pushing it. That are really yeah. That are like, look, I'm getting all my excitement at work. How can I carry that on at home? I know paddle tennis. I feel like when you first hear the phrase paddle tennis, you uh, like my dad, for example, was like, "What on water?" And I was like, "No, no." <laughs> Although I think you might be onto something there, like what paddleboard tennis. How good! What a game that would be! Imagine the, talk, the, the two fellas holding the net. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been out playing that. But uh, it's sort of just—it's like tennis and squash together, basically. It's, uh, right. it's a game of tennis, but you don't have to keep getting your ball because there's a glass wall around it. So it's win-win, I think. So it just sort of bounces back to you without bounces you having back to and off you go. But nice. I tell you what, what's good about it is you can play quite a good mixed game because um, it's in tennis, like if someone's good at serving, game over. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do. So when you come up against like alpha men, they just smash these balls at you. Like whether you're a bloke or a woman, they don't care. Yeah. Whereas in this game, so you can be a bit delicate and have a little soft soft shot back and win it. So I quite like it. It it's, it's, uh, fits into my beta male uh, <laughs> personality. Do, do you have to have good? Because I've not got the hand-eye coordination. That's the thing. I don't. Think, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not the sport I don't for, think you, it's for me. It's not for me. No. I would say I'm, hand-eye coordination is one of the most important things about the game. Yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. stick to roller skating. Oh yeah, no, there's no danger in that at all. Yeah, that's fine. You don't, <laughs> do you not need a bit of eye, uh, eye hand-eye coordination for that foot? Foot. It's it's just sort of hope. 
gets me through. I when yeah. I was a kid, I used to do figure skating, and my dad said I was more steady on the ice than on land. Okay. So I think maybe there's something about adding a bit of jeopardy just sort of gets my brain fired up into keeping me upright. I like it. That feels yeah. like a, a very Brighton thing to do as well. Yeah, it really Roller is. skating. And of course I bought roller skates during the pandemic. I'm such a cliche, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a walking cliche, but I am a rolling no, cliche. Rolling. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. I love a, I love an all the gear, no idea, just going yeah. for it. We, we cover that on the radio a few times on the show where people have just picked up a new hobby and then just spent hundreds of pounds on the equipment. Oh, mate. Oh, mate, by, by week two of lockdown one, I'd bought roller skates, boxing gloves and a sewing machine. Wow. And then I got diagnosed with ADHD. It's weird, didn't it? Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, we had a, a, fun, a fun weekend last weekend, actually, oh. Ange. Um, we had a German exchange student staying with us. Ah, sehr gut. Ich spreche gern Deutsch. Oh, look at you. Well, you certainly yeah. speak more German than the whole of the Manford family. <laughs> Including the three girls who were doing GCSE German. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> did, did your German exchange students speak English well? I mean, incredible, like embarrassingly well. It, it's so embarrassing. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Because I spend a lot of time in Germany. I, I speak yeah. all right German and I love right. Germany and I'm a bit obsessed with German history and stuff. So I go there quite a lot. And, and even though I can speak fairly well in German, mm. they still just speak back to me in English. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. I know it's funny, isn't it? I, I mean, she was just brilliant. We, we were. Uh, I mean, we got to a point where we were playing a, just like parlor games and stuff, having a mm. you know having a bit of fun, and um, and she ended up playing uh, guess the German word in English, like wow. with a whole family. I was like, are we being patronised here? <laughs> like, well, what do you think this means? It's like she's fourteen, she's That's teaching incredible. us all. <laughs> yeah, but no, we had a lovely week. I've never done it before. I, I wasn't. A, it wasn't a, a thing we got to do when I was at school. Um, uh. I think mainly because nobody in Europe wanted to come to our school. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was <laughs> I like, <laughs> yeah, there was nah, kids you're in all right. <laughs> exactly. There was kids in like Kosovo going. Do you know? I'll leave it. Yeah. <laughs> I might actually just stay here in this war-torn city with half a science lab. I've and, heard uh, about Scallies. Yeah, I'm exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to a school in Moss Side. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, no, it was a really, uh, it was really, and then my daughter goes there uh, to uh, to Germany in uh, in February on the on the oh. flip side of it. So yeah, it's it's a it's a big deal, but it was it was funny because she brought lots of um, like German sweets and and snacks and. Nice. To, to, as, as gifts, you know, to sort of say, oh, you know, and um, Stalin. And uh, sure. basically she she brought half of like a Christmas market with her. See, that's what I love. I go every year to the German Christmas market. Oh, I don't great. feel like it's Christmas till I've been. Because we, we try to do it here, but it's not the same, is it? What, so you actually fly to Germany? I do, yeah. To go so, to their German markets, even though there's one their... in every city centre in the country? Yeah, but they're not the same, Jace. Like, I know we try to do a German Christmas market here, but it, when it's grey and drizzly... It's what would be great is if they did an exchange and they actually got like an English market. Well, like, like four lighters for a quid. Yeah, exactly. Sort of. Come on, roll up. <laughs> Here, love. Do you want a couple of pairs? You know what I mean? Oh, lovely. Yeah. Like just in the middle of Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wanted something, mate. <laughs> I think so. English market. Wow, so you go out there. Do you know, Steve, funnily enough, not to talk about the person who, who's usually here, but Steve has a, a little tradition every every Christmas where him and his wife 
go to German markets, but just around Europe, because they're all over the place now. Oh, yeah. Scandinavia yeah. and all sorts of places. So that's quite a good thing to do. So which ones have you been to? Which one's the best one you've been to? The best ones I've been to are in Berlin so right. far. But we're going, we're going again this year. I think we're going to go to Munich this year because we haven't been there yet. Um, actually, I went to a really good one in Zurich once. I was doing gigs in Switzerland with, you know, Sean McLaughlin, brilliant yeah, comedian. Yeah, fella, yeah. And we were doing gigs together in Switzerland and we went to this uh, Christmas market in Zurich and we got, it was so big, we got lost. We just thought, well, we live here now. And actually we were all right with that. You <laughs> yeah. know, I could live in a Christmas market, no problem. <laughs> Wow, that sounds good. What a good, that's a fun hobby, that. Fun, I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I do love a Christmas market. Come with say. us. We're going to Munich in December. Come along. I will be climbing a beanstalk in Manchester, unfortunately. Uh, so. I can't compete with that. No. This is Jason Manford. This is Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. And there's um, a story in the paper this morning. Uh, UK Airport Weatherspoons has been named the top restaurant in the world. Right. Sorry, can you say that again? Did you say <laughs> I mean, Weatherspoons has been a named the top restaurant? In the world. Andrew, There's so much there? to unpack. There. Okay, let me read you the story and let's see if we can get to the bottom of this. Okay. Um, I mean, you, obviously, someone who travels the world, you must have been to some absolute cracking restaurants. I've been to some great Weatherspoons, Yeah. Yeah, Weatherspoons, <laughs> fine. Uh, right, here we go. Let's see what it says. It says a Weatherspoons has made it into a top 10 list of best... Oh. Hang on. They've already... The headline has, has pulled us in. Right. But the story is top 10 list of the best airport family restaurants. Ah, well, that's just because there's only Weatherspoons then, right? I mean, what's, what have you got? Giraffe? You've got giraffe occasionally. Yeah. You might be lucky. You might get a Pret if you're lucky. A Jamie's Italian on occasion. Yeah, there's not... I was going to say, Weatherspoon's best restaurant, that's like a wheelie bin getting best hotel. That's... Yeah. Like, that didn't sit right with me at all. Uh, it's the windmill at Stansted Airport that makes the list. The Family mm -hmm. Vacation Guide analysed reviews of airport restaurants posted on the likes of Google and TripAdvisor with three key questions in mind what the food options are, is there a children's menu, and is it good value for money? None of those are <laughs> the quality of food or service. <laughs> hey exactly what I look for in a restaurant, yeah. all those things, yeah. Uh, it found that Stansted Spoons, even in the paper, it's gone, remarkably, it found... <laughs> <laughs> it's come with a, with a real helping of uh, snobbishness here, but, um, and, I'm, and I'm on board with it. Yeah. Uh, remarkably, it found Stansted Spoons is the eighth best in the world with a score of five out of four out of five. Sorry, it says a lot about airport restaurants globally. Doesn't someone it? has mentioned, um, and then underneath, of course, everyone's waded in. Nope, horrible. <laughs> Went last week. Service and food was rubbish. They don't even have standard spoons menu option. They have airport spoons menus, which excludes so much of the normal menu and combos. Another commented. Wouldn't set foot in there if it was the only one left and all the other toilets were out of order. Oh, my. But you would, though, because we all do. We all go to an airport and we've got an early flight and we go and have our breakfast beer in Weatherspoons because that's the yeah. only time that's allowed. That's fine, yeah. We all we all go. I, I can see how it's happened. I suppose it's a bit like WH Smith winning best shop in an airport because it's the only shop in all the Yes, airports. exactly, yeah. Best you know, bookshop. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the I windmill... tell you what. The, the, the things that really sort of I confuse me at airports is those shops that sell luggage. Like, who's going, sod yeah. it, I'll pack at the airport? 
Yeah, if you've just like, and you're just carrying them in carrier bags. Yeah, that's it. Just armfuls of bikinis, and that's yeah. what you get there. Although saying that, I have on occasion, I think maybe once or twice, I think just once, I have actually bought a, a piece of luggage at the airport. You know, when you've got to the front and you've you've made the mistake because you've gone, we've got sixty kilograms here spread over how many and then when you get there they go no that one is too heavy but you've got a bit more time so i've gone and bought one to unpack it it just so i don't have to pay i've spent 60 quid on a new suitcase so i didn't have to pay 40 quid uh, (laughs) you're the person those shops are for well i'm glad i've got the answer now yeah I know it's um, but it's also like we we had um, we, we'll play a game later on uh, called Hit Me with Your Best Fact, mm. but we had a fact uh, a little while back which was about the wheelie suitcase, um, and I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> trying to remember the wheelie suitcase fact. Adam, do you remember the wheelie suitcase fact? I don't. Like, we've had about twenty thousand. I know we've had loads, <laughs> but basically, it was something stupid like the you know the wheelie suitcase was invented after. I don't know. Something. I'm just guessing. Well, I can't remember I remember, what it was. Like when I was a kid, they weren't a thing. That's what. That's basically what I'm getting at. With yeah. Massive suitcases. Yeah. No one thought to put wheels on. Nobody. Like, we, it was like 1985. Yeah. yeah. Somebody was like, "Do you know what would be easier? <laughs> yeah. Wheels. We wouldn't need all these trolleys if we just cut out the middleman and put I the know. wheels on the luggage." I found a fact for you guys. Oh, he's a legend of them. Go on, son. What is it? Uh, we put a man on the moon before we put wheels on luggage. There you go. Wow. A man on the moon before wheels on luggage. Some That's... people really hate them, though, don't they? They really, like, I know it's a bugbear for a lot of people, the wheelie oh, case, but great. honestly, I love mine. Well, we I've got one stage further. My son's suitcase is a scooter. Ooh. Oh, that the kids can ride on. I've yeah. seen them. Why don't they do those for grown-ups? Answer now, me that. That would be one level of... I don't know. I would hate those people. You know, it'd be some fella with a top knot. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Do you know it'd what I mean? Proper Camden hipster yeah, riding his suitcase. Th- yeah, no, you're right. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> Mind you, I reckon I could make a fortune because those people would buy it. Oh, for sure. And yeah. they live where you live. so They, <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Jason Manford. Now, uh, Friday just gone. Absolute Radio, not to not to make you feel old, but Absolute Radio turned 15. Wowzers. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Google turned 25. I can remember the first time I heard of Google. I was working in a bar in Brighton. I was a student and somebody was mm. trying to explain to me what this new thing was. You're like, that'll never take yeah. off. Nah. What's that? I've done a search that. engine. What's that for? I've got, I've got a library. I've got... Not me, mate. I still yeah. write dot. <laughs> that's the sort of person I am but it felt like a bit of a week of big birthdays and uh, and, it, and it's I've also been thinking about birthdays because I've just my mum and dad um, have just used their my mum's birthday present she had a big birthday this year and she uh, I got them tickets to go and see Dexy's Midnight Runners in Dublin oh wowzers so I bet that was fun oh they loved it they went over and had a great well as my mum said when she came back she went Oh, we loved it. It was great. They went with some friends and stayed at the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel, which they loved. Wow. It was right near the venue. So they had a lovely time. And I said, what was the gig like? She went, oh, it was great. Well, the second half was. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, What's, what happened in the first half? She went, they played the new stuff. Oh, 
Right. Oh, nobody wants to hear Dexy's new stuff, do they? We're all here for Come and Eileen. Just, just crack on. I know, but you can't play that for two hours. Like, they've, got, they've got to do something, haven't they? I was trying to, I was trying to support the the artist in my. Um, my, my conversation with her, but it is really, it must be a real double-edged sword when you're Dex's Midnight Runners. Oh, <laughs> Everyone's they must cool. dread that song. They must <laughs> dread playing it. Go, here we go. Let's just bung this out. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It must be awful. But anyway, um, and interestingly, my parents went with Kevin Eileen. Um, uh... Two people, Kevin and Eileen, which I was like, all I can hear now is Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and Eileen. Kevin <laughs> But they had a wonderful time. Um, oh, you're and, a good um, son, Jason. Well, you know, it was, it was a. I knew they'd love it. It was, it was there. You know, they used to love all that music when they oh. were uh, younger. And uh, and then my mum was like, "Oh, we met Aidan Gillen, the Irish actor who's in Game of Thrones and Queer as Folk oh, yeah, and stuff." Yeah. And I was like, oh, "Amazing!" And she sent me a selfie. I was like, "That's just an Irish guy. That's not. <laughs> that is not who you think it is. That's just a bloke." <laughs> He's got along with it though. Bless him. He's yeah, got I mean, along fair with place it. took a selfie with my mum. <laughs> She's like, it's the guy from Game of Thrones. It's like, it's not. It's not the guy from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Angela, I feel like mm. you... I feel like your partner probably has had some good presence in the past. He's My partner's pretty good. Like, he's thoughtful, isn't he? He's just thoughtful. He's very partner. thoughtful. He yeah. once did for Valentine's Day. He was actually away. And, and I'm not really a big Valentine's Day person, but no. he left me in the house. He left a treasure hunt. And like these cryptic crossword clues, because I love a cryptic crossword. And to where my present was hidden in the house while he was away. And I tweeted about it and it went a little bit viral. And of course, all his friends were just like, well, thanks, mate. You've really shown us up. Yeah, well done. Yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, when uh, when one of your mates goes above and beyond, you're like, fine. Oh, well done, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, he's been pretty good. I did have an ex once whose parents bought me um, for my birthday. They bought me a a sort of season pass. What's the word? Like season ticket, I guess, for the Sea Life Centre in Brighton. I live in Brighton. Except I've got a really bad phobia of fish. Like it's the Ah. worst present you could... Yeah, and I felt so bad, I couldn't tell. So every time I saw them, they were asking me if I'd been yet. You know, I was like, oh, Ooh. I haven't had time. <laughs> Sorry. That, yeah, that's not yeah, a that's good gift. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's not a good gift. Well, Crystal Davis has messaged in, uh, and she said, uh, my birthday is New Year's Eve. Oh, that's, oh, that's a shame. A, that's not good, is it? That's no. Not we, for my daughter, whose birthday is day after Boxing Day, um, we have a little day in the middle of summer where we go right. This is your, this is your like, like the Queen. She has like another birthday. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, just to, not necessarily. We don't go presents necessarily because obviously she, she can't have two lots of presents. That's no, bad no. But we just make a day where it's about her and we do stuff, you know, for her. So yeah, quite that bit between Christmas and New Year, no one wants to do anything. No, it's they? awful. No. It's awful. Yeah. Um, so Crystal says, I went to visit my mother-in-law a week after my birthday. She wished me a belated birthday and handed me an opened bottle of wine. She said she opened it New Year's Eve, <laughs> but didn't like it, so she thought she'd give it to me for my birthday. That's not a present. That's not only is it open; it's a bottle of wine she didn't like. She didn't like, yeah. I tell you, like this though, Crystal. Yeah, she she'll likes drink crap. anything. Yeah, oh, she'll drink anything. That woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Nikki Bell says I moved into a block of flats in 1993. An old couple off the ground floor came up to bring me a housewarming gift of a humongous teddy dressed as a beef eater, emblazoned with Queen Elizabeth II Silver <laughs> Jubilee, 1977. That's, that's just someone getting rid of their tat, that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, go and give it her, that new woman. Yeah. She won't be able to turn it down. It's <laughs> a good idea. Um, yeah, actually, I'm just I... looking around my house thinking of all the stuff I can get rid of. 
I know. Although that has actually just reminded me that um, uh, I borrowed a I borrowed a strimmer the other day from number sixty five, and I've not I've not oh. taken it back. I know randomly, but that's what popped into my head. I was like, right, as soon as I finish this, I've got to go and drop that strimmer off at uh, number sixty five. I don't want to be oh, one of those neighbours. They'll be knocking you know? on the door. You don't want them knocking for it. Then you well, feel bad. I know. Well, he did actually text me. Have you finished with that strimmer yet? Oh, and that was no. two days ago. And I said, I'll drop it first thing. <laughs> and I didn't. So what an I've, absolute scumbag I am. I've just remembered um, a gift my mum got once. Her mum, mm. my nan, got her, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? The, the slow cooker. Except oh, yeah. it was one my mum had bought her the year before. <laughs> she just oh, gave it right. back to her. She'd obviously yeah, you've got to be careful. Because we have we're regifting. We've got a regifting like cupboard almost in mm. our room where stuff comes in. You go stick it in there, um, and after that exact faux pas about three years ago, there's now a, a sticky on every single present they knew it was from. Where it came from? That's a good <laughs> yeah. system. I'm going to have to yeah. adopt that. Yeah, That's... you can have that. <laughs> This is a good name. I'm a bit obsessed with surnames because obviously oh, I yeah. see so many of them when the messages come in. Um, and, I, and me and Steve, like usually we like to play a little game of like, where did it come from? You know, when you go back through ancestry. Oh, yeah. Like why? Like I've got, we've got a name in a minute, Michelle Chatters. I mean, already you know what their ancestors, she never shut up that, <laughs> that woman. Oh, God, here she is. Um, what about this for a name? Jennifer Bracegirdle. 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 That's working in some sort of surgical implements. I don't know what's going on there. Ah. Whoever their her ancestors were, they sounded like a laugh. That's a great name, Bracegirdle. <laughs> there were some rumours about them in the village, let me tell you. <laughs> Old Bracegirdle. Wow. <laughs> he got the, he, he got the brace, brace and her girdle stuck I, together. I suppose <laughs> it's the same as, as Liz Truss, really. Same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> right, so Jennifer says, went to Jamaica for my 21st. Sounds good so far. What a, what a treat. This is supposed yeah. to be the worst gifts, Jennifer. Uh, my ex-husband wrapped and took all the way there in his hand luggage the Lord of the Rings board game for me. Gee whiz. Just because I'd watched the films was very disappointed as I thought it was going to be something fab jewellery. Uh, it was my 21st and he'd gone to such an effort. You can imagine on the way there he's giving it, oh. tapping his hand luggage. Yeah, I've got it right <laughs> you here. Wait. Oh my Just God. you wait till this bad boy gets opened. Oh, that's not a 21st birthday present, that is no. it? That's, that's a... a, a... 23rd or 24 that's a no mean it's just number. a nothing it's just that yeah. i picked i saw this in a charity shop Go remember on, when we yeah. watched the films that time should we play the game that is not sat there giving it i think you'll enjoy this my precious <laughs> clue clue wink wink <laughs> and he carried it in hand luggage all the way to jamaica that's how sure he was that was Confident. a good present yeah i think the uh the, the telltale sign there is ex-husband 100 <laughs> percent uh, Marie Black says uh, a wedding gift of six pastry knives in a box that said your free, and it actually said your free gift from Little Woods catalog. Amazing! They see there's some regifting. It's sustainable. That's how we're supposed to look at it, isn't it? I yeah, I'm all for it. Actually, well, but... I remember one year going up to my nan. We used to walk to my nana's house. It was about a two mile walk. We walked all the way there, and it was a birthday. A mum and dad. A brought a clock that was her birthday present mm. that's, what you, that's sort of what you get old ladies isn't it just like yeah. a clock a new clock and uh, she they wrapped it up and they gave it to her she said there you go happy birthday she opened it she actually quite looked like she quite liked it and then my brother who was about seven at the time went 
Me mum won that at bingo. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's just reminding me, but Dobbed I don't think... I, I, I have to be careful how I, how I tell this story because it involves Father Christmas. Oh, yes. Um, the legend. But he once uh, brought me a present. And Father Christmas, obviously, is into recycling and sustainability mm, uh, because... It was my, I think I was about seven or eight and it was Christmas and I wanted a, a tape recorder so I could make my own little radio shows and oh, tape nice. myself. And, and look at you know, now, full circle. Look at me now, it obviously <laughs> paid off. But Father Christmas brought my little tape recorder and then yeah. my cousins came round that evening, Christmas evening, and uh, my cousin went, oh, that used to be mine. And then turned it over and there was a sticker that he, was his that was on no the back way. of it. So he sort of let slip that Father Christmas had done a bit of recycling. That's fair enough. <laughs> He's got a regifting cupboard as well. That's what's happened there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Julie says, size 18 pyjamas every Christmas off my ex-mother-in-law. I'm a size 10. Oh, that's oh. The passive aggressive that, that isn't it? That is awful. Oh, that is... I mean, I I'm that. almost impressed with the mother-in-law yeah. there. Every that Christmas. Is- Every Christmas, size 18. Debbie says, a set of pans from my husband. So I got him the matching wok for his birthday the next month. Needless to say, I have not been given any household presents since. No, too right. Good shot. Too right. I think genuinely my dad bought my mum a hoover one year. Yeah, I think my my dad got my mum an ironing board cover, like a flowery one. But she didn't oh, want no. it. She did. She was actually all right with it. But I just remember uh, going, "Ouch!" Uh, ben Turner says, "My granddad got me steel toe cap trainers. Football was interesting." <laughs> Bet it was. Does it even yeah. count as a foul? I, mean, I don't even know. Yeah, are they allowed in. I don't think so. I don't think so. Place. Michelle Chatters, who we mentioned earlier, oh, um, yeah. uh, hedge trimmers, hedge trimmers for my birthday from my husband. I was twenty-eight weeks pregnant at the time. Jeez. Yeah, that's not a preg- that's not a, a present for a pregnant woman, is it? No. Oh, that's one hell of a hint, that, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen the hedges? Way, Get out there. <laughs> I've heard about this thing where pregnant women start sorting the house out. Um, yeah. You know, so you can start <laughs> you can start with them hedges. <laughs> Nest. It's called nesting. Why don't you get that deck of work, mate? Yeah. Why don't you get that front garden sorted, love? <laughs> Amazing. Shona Crawford, a pair of white sports socks on my nana on my 18th birthday with a zip in the ankle so the house key would be safe if I got drunk and lost my handbag. I mean, I think that's a practical gift. That's pretty good, Sock, that. Socks with a pocket. Socks with a pocket? That yeah, a new thing. sock it. Sock it, look at that. That's already a thing, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to the drawing board for that one. <laughs> Sarah Marie, I once got a toilet seat for my birthday and an ironing board for Valentine's Day. 30 years in, he has learned that the way to a woman's heart is not with household items. I mean, well done, because I don't think I would have made 30 years with that guy. No way. I think you get one chance, but then if an ironing board followed or whatever, I can't remember what you said. Toilet seat? Toilet seat. That must have been a joke. He he must have had a little (laughs) wry smile. If you you can't genuinely give a toilet seat as a present, that's got to be... He's he's lasted thirty years because he's got a sense of humour. I think. I hope you're right because if that was done genuinely, did it have a big bow on it? I mean, who knows? Who knows yeah. what happened? Uh, yeah. Let's just hope it was a new one. Oh, don't secondhand toilet seat for your birthday. Yeah, I love. <laughs> Found this in a it was skin. from a. It was from the pub where we first met. And, uh... <laughs> 
there's some things that shouldn't be in the re-gifting cupboard. <laughs> Gillian Campbell, I was once given uh, towels for my birthday from my mother-in-laws. Uh, Ria says, my brother once bought scented bin liners and wrapped them up for my mum's birthday. That was a thing for a while, the old scented bin liner. Yeah, and they, but they never smelt nice because it's just no. sort of rubbish and air freshener is what uh, yeah, it smelt of. It's uh, just reminded me, actually, that well, I... You know, I'm a woman in her 40s now, Jason. I know it's mad, no, isn't it? Get but out of town. I know. But I have realised that I think once you turn 40 as a woman, people don't know what to buy you anymore. Mm. And at some point in my life, I must have said that I like scented candles. Oh, never. Um, never mention anything. Oh, my. I've got drawers full of... I just save them for power. If we have a power cut now, it's going to smell like Gwyneth Paltrow in a pine forest in my yeah. house. I don't... It's... Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, does not worth mentioning anything that you, my, my dad bought me a didgeridoo one year. (laughs) Did you ask for one? Nope. Nope. I had no inclination. Uh, don't, not, not particularly music orientated when it comes, I don't play any instruments, for example. And they're a difficult instrument to play. The didgeridoo. I mean, really You've got to do that circular breathing thing. It's like proper specialist. And he said, well, you know, you're at an age now, you've got a job, you're doing well for yourself. If you want something, you just go and get it, don't you? So mm. I just thought, what what would he never buy himself? I was like, that's not how you think of <laughs> what should I get someone? What would he never buy himself? What does he definitely not want? Mental. <laughs> Hit me with your best fact. There he is. Fire away. There's our boy. It's too, it is, oh. it's too long. We know, that, well I'm aware. here doing the sort of that rock symbol, you know, the kind of oh, horns. Yeah. I'm feeling it. That's what I should hope so. I should hope so. Let me explain. <laughs> Hit me with your best facts, Angela. Um, okay. This is a feature that we play each week. Um, it's it's not not been uh, it's not avoided controversy, shall we say? Um, oh, okay. Over the years, um, over the last two weeks, to be honest, where we've got the odd thing wrong, but this week I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling very confident. Essentially, what we're after is a fact that is so good it makes me or you want to Google it and find out more about it. Right. Okay. Um, or, and or should I say, uh, the sort of fact you you can sort of slip into conversation. And just nice. like use it as part of your your new knowledge. Make you look clever. Yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, so uh, if you want to get involved, you've got to email me, jason at absoluteradio.co.uk, and you win yourself a Jason Manford Show mug. Ooh. There you go, exactly. That is correct response. I've been uh, practicing. So let's see if we can... <laughs> let's see if we can wow Angela with your facts this week. So Stuart Tucker has said, uh, the person who invented the stop sign... The pedestrian crosswalk, the traffic circle, the one-way street sign, the taxi stand, and the pedestrian safety islands is a guy called William Phelps Eno, and he never learnt to drive. Wow. So he invented all that road furniture. Yeah. But Mind you, a lot of it is for pedestrian safety, isn't it? That That's stuff. true. So I suppose he's... Looking after number one there. Yeah, I mean, pedestrian crosswalk, he's gone, right, how can I get yeah. across here now? Yeah, I'm stuck here. I don't have a car to get over there. What there am I going to do? William Phelps Eno, what a name. So there you go, that's, that's a good, good one. Name. That's a good one. And Mike Gallagher says, in 1967, David Attenborough had to help introduce 
colour TV to the UK. When watching tennis, he found it hard to spot and then uh, the then white ball, especially when the ball got near a white line on the court. So he suggested the ball was changed to a fluorescent yellow colour that it still is today. So, hang on, tennis balls are yellow because David Attenborough said he couldn't see the white ball? Yeah, and even in 1967, he carried that much sway. He, I mean, he is, you know, the national treasure, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I was working course. at the BBC once at, um, and uh, in the comedy, radio comedy department and suddenly everyone just rushed to the other end of the building, to the window, and it's because David Attenborough was just stood outside. Yeah. Like, you, you know. He's, I mean, once the Queen went, it, yeah. it, it, he's the top. Like, if he said, look, I'm going to run the country for a few years, get us all Fine. back on track, we'd all go, Yeah. All right. I don't think there's a person in this country who wouldn't vote for him. Absolutely. I sat next, I sat behind him at Wimbledon. Oh, wow. One year. Funnily enough, a tennis, David (laughs) Attenborough at tennis. Still into it now. Wow. Um, And he was, uh, we were sat quite far back at, um, far back at uh, Centre Court and he had those little binoculars out. And I was sat next to Harry Hill uh, at the time, randomly. And um, Harry said, is he... Is he watching the tennis with those, or is he spotted a little vole? <laughs> the most Harry Hill thing ever. I know it? it's such a Harry Hill thing to say. Has he spotted? Do you think he spotted a little vole? <laughs> I love the idea that he's just there to check the balls are still yellow. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yep, uh, yep, they're still doing uh, my thing. And what's funny is he didn't mention it because let me tell you, Angela, if I got <laughs> tennis to change the colour of their balls, as it were, I would be like, you know, them balls. That was me, that. I did that. <laughs> I've been telling everybody. <laughs> Martin has messaged, uh, Bingo was originally called Beano. Oh. Yeah. As, as in the comic? Well, it's because players use beans to mark their card. It only changed when pencils became more common in households. So, hang on. So, you're telling me people were playing bingo before they had pencils? Well, in their house. In their house. Oh, oh, yeah, silly me, of course. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why people <laughs> were like... Pencils in the garden, but they didn't have them in, in their the house. house. <laughs> Are you mad? What's going on here? What sort of newfangled idea is this? <laughs> La-dee-da, get oh, next door with her pencils in her house. Hey, you know, we're at number 27. She only got a couple of pencils in her house. <gasps> no. Get out of town. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she told, she told me last night at Beano. Not Beano, Bingo. <laughs> Whatever you call it. Beano, what a mad idea that someone's yeah. like, Beano! <laughs> and also, like, beans move. It's not the ideal, you know, they can slip around a bit. Surely. I don't think they mean, like, baked beans from a, like, wet from, from a, a tin, can. From a tin, not Heinz. I'm hoping they're That's going dried. <laughs> dried beans, yeah. <laughs> so you can't use spaghetti hoops instead? No. That's what you're telling me. Okay, no. good. good to know. Uh, Gary Morale says uh, peanut butter is one of the most controlled foods in the FDA list. An average of one or more rodent hairs and 30 or so insect fragments are allowed in every 100 grams, which is 3.5 ounces. The typical serving size for peanut butter is two tablespoons. Wow. So... So Hang on. Yeah, go on. You, I feel how, like you've got questions. How much is a jar? Too. I've got a few questions because <laughs> if they're, they're allowed a rodent hair per 100 grams, surely a jar of peanut butter is a couple of hundred grams. So there's a couple of rodent hairs in every jar. 
Yeah, but it's only the hair, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that's all right then. It's all right. Yeah, a little bit of rodent hair never it's, hurt anyone, did it? It's fine, isn't it? Whoever died from a bit of rodent hair? You mean you, you, more people die from the peanuts? So, well, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe we should be all eating rodent hair. Rodent hair and insect fragments. Good protein, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Tucker's messaged in with his, hit me with your best fact this morning. Um, the producers for Mork and Mindy had to have a few translators on hand to check what Robin Williams said as he had a habit of slipping in a few foreign language swear words. Oh, he's a naughty one, wasn't he, Robin Williams? Well, I love that. Would, yeah, you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. Are you telling me Shazbat is not a, a swear word somewhere <laughs> in the world? Yeah, definitely. Shazbat. I love the yeah. idea that they had to have a few translators, though. Get as many languages covered as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, Mark Clayton says, in France, they call the walkie-talkie a talkie-walkie. Well, they do things a bit backwards, don't they, in French language? I suppose yeah. you put your adjective... I've got an interesting walkie-talkie fact, actually. Oh, go on, then. Because um, I, I do a history podcast, Jason. I don't know if you, you knew do. that. You do. Tell us about um, it. It's Tell called, us about it. It's called We Are History, and it's me and John O'Farrell, the comedy writer, and it's a yeah. very silly, funny history podcast. So uh, we're not historians, but we, we're just nerds. Yeah. And um, I, an early version of the walkie-talkie was used in World War Two. I'm trying to get this right now in my head. Mm. For it was um, like the OSS, which was the old CIA name for the CIA during World War Two. Yeah, and it was called the Joan Eleanor, the like this sort of prototype walkie-talkie because it was named after the wives of the two guys that used it. Oh. So one half, one person had the Joan, and the other person had the Eleanor, and they used them from. Um, it's called Operation Red Stocking, that's right. And they would uh, speak to spies in behind enemy lines from aeroplanes using the Joan Eleanor walkie-talkie. There oh, you go. When you're not laughing, you're learning, Jace. I love that. I that's... love that. <laughs> World War II, they were called the Handy Talkie as well. At, at the one Handy point. Talkie. The Handy Talkie. But walkie-talkie is a bit more fun, isn't it? Yeah, we like things that rhyme, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. so. Some good, good facts so far. Uh, let's have. We'll have two more, and then we'll have a start having a think about a winner. Uh, James Hedgecock says uh, again, "Where's that surname come from?" Mm, well, don't go near his garden. <laughs> don't go. Don't, yeah, don't, I'm not, not with the hedge trimmers anyway. <laughs> don't Google that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Treadmills were originally invented two hundred years ago as a form of punishment. Well, they're still a form of punishment, aren't they, really? Well, quite right. Now you've just got an yeah. American person going, you can do it, man. Oh, no. And the little screen, come on! <laughs> come on, be the best version of yourself. You can be a work of art and a work in progress at the same time. Jason, are you the voice of treadmills? Because you am, should be. I am very much a Peloton guy. I almost just got up and started pacing. Just it, it, You really got me there. I'm inspiring, aren't I? Yeah. I'm inspiring. Uh, Clara says, uh, there is a town where 60% of residents live underground. Wow. Oh, she's thinking well of Wombles. Oh, maybe. Is it Wimbledon? Are you thinking is of Wimbledon? Wimbledon Common? Is that what she's thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> some good facts this week, some strong facts. We're going to have a little think mm. and we're going to pick a winner after this. Radio. Where real music matters. And we've got to come up with a, a winner for, for our Hit Me With Your Best Facts. I'm going to rattle through the ones that we've had. Okay. And then, as you're our guest this morning, I'm going to let you help choose a winner of the Jason oh. Manford Show mug. If you want to join in at any point, all you've got to do is email me, jason at absoluteradio.co.uk. Here 
is the selection of this week. We had Stuart who told us about the fellow who invented the stop sign and the pedestrian crosswalk and the one-way street and all that sort of stuff. Uh, never learnt to drive. Mike Gallagher told us that David Attenborough helped uh, essentially turn the, the tennis balls from white to yellow, the ones we use f- still to this day. Bingo was originally called Beano, according to Martin. Gary told us about the uh, rodent hairs you can find in peanut butter. Every jar, apparently, has got a couple. Uh, Mork and Mindy, uh, Robin Williams, had a habit of slipping foreign swear words into his script, so they had a couple of translators on set. Mark Clayton told us that in France, the walkie-talkie is called the talkie-walkie. Uh, old James Hedgecock told us that treadmills were originally invented 200 years ago as punishment. Angela quipped that they still are. And <laughs> Clara uh, says there is a town where 60% of residents live underground. So thinking of all those facts that have come in, Angela, and thinking of the criteria of what can win this game, which is which one do you want to know more about, which one's tempted you into Google, and which one do you think you'll be using? I mean, for me, it's got to be Attenborough, isn't it? I'm, I'm dying to find out more about how we change the colour of tennis balls. Yeah, good shout, good shout. Be that, I think. You can't go wrong, really, when you throw an Attenborough fact in it yeah. on this show. We love, we love Attenborough facts. We love octopus facts. Ooh. That's another random thing we quite like, and we like Lego facts. These are different nice. ones that we get. We, we get, we, we sort of go through themes uh, mm. every so often. Um, did you know, uh, for example, Angela, that one of the legs of an octopus? Uh, one of the eight legs is its penis. No. Mm-hmm. So if you ever shake an Andrew one, just be careful. Just be careful. <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> Why is it called a leg? Well, let's well, not only, go there. <laughs> I mean, only we've called it a leg. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, uh, they think that, by the way, these are my legs. Honestly. Yeah, the octopus is giving it. <laughs> I mean, I've got seven legs, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, I'm, but thank you, I'm honoured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so that's a winner for us. Uh, Mike Gallagher told us that David Attenborough, um, when watching tennis, found it hard to spot the then white ball when the. Uh, so he suggested the ball was changed to a fluorescent yellow colour that is still used to this day. So a, a mug winging its way out to you, fella. Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. Good morning, you're listening to the Jason Manford Show on Absolute Radio. Now, one of the best, I feel bad saying new comics, because he's not new, he's been going for a, a long time, but he may be newer to you, uh, selling out gigs all over the place, just smashed a tour, got a, a podcast which has got tens of thousands of listeners, uh, one of the best, hottest things to come out of Liverpool in recent years, Adam Rowe. Good morning, Adam. Hiya, mate, you know what I mean? I'm very well, mate, very, very well. 70 shows on sale. Uh, all over the country, including the major cities. But the big news yesterday, I was I follow you on socials, of course. Not only have uh, you sold out a night at the Liverpool Empire in your home city, you've put an extra show on sale. Yeah, we're doing two on the same night, so that's that's not till March next year. That's cut, that's scheduled at the minute to be the last night of the tour. Wow! Uh, but I, I I do know that there's a, a couple more going to be added just after it, um, at least. But at the minute, the plan is to finish it, the Liverpool Empire, and we're going to film it for a special two shows, one night. Like, that's always been my bucket list venue. That's yeah, I bet the it has. place I ever see in comedy, live, yeah. ever, uh, which was Ross Noble in 2009. Right. Um, so to get to do it myself was uh, mad enough as it is, but to get to do two shows in one night and film it is going to yeah. be a... 
It's going to be pretty special. Mate, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's been... I know sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you think, gosh, this has taken a while to, you know, I've done that, I've done the Comedy Store, I've done a bits of TV, Live at the Apollo, everything takes ages. But from the outside looking in, it's been meteoric, your rise. It's been pretty rapid, yeah. So it, it's quite funny, like, obviously, with, with people like yourself and those who are a bit more experienced than me, I am still a newer comic to you guys, yeah. but, like, it's 13 years now, and I don't think there's another <laughs> industry in the world where you can be 13 years in. And yeah. considered one of the new kids, but it's an overnight suppose... success. <laughs> Thirteen <laughs> years. Think, well, the first sort of eight years, you're trying to learn how to be funny, aren't you? Like you can be doing well at gigs, but you're not necessarily good at stand up for the first few. And then, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean. it, it's uh, the podcast I started with Dan Nightingale just before COVID hit. That's mm. uh, what sort of propelled everything because I've gone from doing, you know, small tours, doing the odd yeah, dates at yeah. comedy clubs that I get to sell my own tickets. To now, so like, tell us about you know, tell us about the podcast then. What set what separates that from the other millions of podcasts that are out there? I think first of all, when we when me and Dan started looking to do one, we Dan wanted a niche, and I was like, he was like, being funny is not enough. And I very cockily and arrogantly said, yeah, but being the funniest is like if we <laughs> if we could be the if we could be the funniest one, yeah. Like yeah. I think all of the podcasts are trying to you know think about what people at home are going to laugh at. I said to Dan, I was like, you know, you're the top shelf comedian. I'm a good comic. If I can make you laugh and you can make me laugh, because it's harder to make comedians laugh, yeah, then yeah. imagine how much people are going to be laughing at home. So let's not even think about the people listening. <laughs> yeah, let's just yeah. try and make everyone in the room that we're recording it laugh. Yeah, And yeah. that seems to be working. When we added, like my best mate was added as our producer and he then got put on mic because he's so funny. Yeah, um, And the team we've built around it, like Will, who's our sort of, our camera king and Matthew who's our fixer and Jack who's our photographer like the team we've built around the podcast like people do just see three of us sat in a room talking but like we recorded uh, a special the other day to go on our Patreon page and we had a crew of 17 people coming all around Liverpool with us because yeah, amazing we've well, got your studios and everything now haven't you yeah we're right in the middle of Liverpool we started in Runcorn because it was cheap but then once we start making <laughs> Uh, a bit of decent because we like you came and did the one in Runcorn with us, and I Jimmy remember, yeah. Carr came and did the one in Runcorn with us. And like when Jimmy turned up, Jimmy's dead sound, but as he turned up, I could see him looking at the place going, What in God's name am I doing, <laughs> am I doing? on this industrial estate in the middle of Runcorn? And the, it was it was the day Jimmy Carr was in, and he left that, that day. Dan turned to me as Jimmy left the room, and Dan said, We need to look for a property in Liverpool and move there because. As, yeah. as the podcast gets bigger and it becomes valuable for these big names to come on and promote their books and their tours, he's like, I want them to come and be blown away. I don't want yeah, them to yeah. be coming to this industrial estate in Runcorn <laughs> where the only restaurant is a KFC half an hour away. <laughs> so quickly tell us what the podcast is called so people can find it. So the podcast's called Have A Word. Uh, yeah. You can get full episodes on YouTube and on every podcast platform. There you go. And where can people get your tour tickets? Uh, adamrow.co.uk I'm literally going to everywhere all over the UK there's not many places that haven't got a show within like you know half hour to an hour's drive Yeah. Uh, and if you live in one of the major cities especially like Manchester we're doing the Apollo Newcastle City Hall Glasgow the Pavilion London Leicester Square Theatre and then yeah. the two biggest uh, shows uh, the Liverpool Empire so Amazing. Uh, very exciting time Mate, I'm so pleased for you. I'm glad it's going really well. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be too busy to support me now on tour, so uh, 
with your own t- with your own one going on. <laughs> but I'm Lad, so... give me a text if you want me to come down and do one, especially if it's in any of the ones I've got tickets left to sell. You... I'll do twenty minutes and then give it a good plug. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but no, it's great. It's just great to see how well you're doing, mate. I'm really pleased for you. Brilliant comic, and uh, if you get a chance. Uh, have a little look at Adam's stuff online. So occasionally, his stuff goes viral because he's he's on the pulse and uh, he's he's saying uh, things that um, that need saying, as well as being very funny. So have a little look at AdamRoad.co.uk and uh, grab one of those tickets while you still can. Take care, mate. All the best. Nice one, lad. I really appreciate that. Thank you. See you soon, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning here on Absolute Radio. Thanks to Angela Barnes for stepping in last minute as well. Oh, thanks for having me. Always a joy, Jason. Thank no, you. it's lovely, really lovely to speak to you and uh, uh, we'll see you soon because you're on tour. I am. I've got my show Hot Mess is uh, going around the country. So come and join me. I'm on tour right up to the end of November. So yeah, plenty of time. Brilliant. And your podcast that you do with John? A podcast is We Are History. Uh, you can get it where you download your podcasts. Um, and we've got a little Patreon as well. You can join for extra bits and bobs. Fantastic stuff. So that's all the info that you need. Uh, they're lovely to, for, for us for you to join us this morning. Please uh, listen to the, our podcast as well, which will be up very shortly. And we'll see you same time next week here on Absolute Radio. Hopefully Steve's back uh, next week. Have a lovely Sunday. Have a lovely week. Take care.